Good morning. This is Atanya for the 19th of Adar. Learning about God is so enjoyable. Changing my habits? Not so much. Can't I just study Tanya? Why does it matter what I actually do? We, you live your life with two realities. One is your body. That's pretty straightforward. The second is your soul. That's the spark in you that strives for deeper meaning and higher purpose. These two things are complete opposites. The body enjoys eating, drinking, sleeping, lusting. The soul has no interest in all that. She knows that she is here for a reason and that there is purpose and deeper meaning to life. The question is, how can the soul convince the body to go along with her search and live her life accordingly? Is that even possible? Bridging the gap between the body and the soul is, guess what? An animal soul. On the one hand, she's got physical tendencies eat, sleep, reproduce. And on the other hand, she's a soul. She possesses spiritual or intangible qualities such as intellect and emotions. It turns out that the animal soul essentially serves as a pair of crutches for the divine soul in this world, enabling the divine soul to carry out its wishes. In other words, it's only through engaging the animal soul that the divine soul can fulfill her desires. Now let's clarify, when the divine soul rests upon a person, where exactly does it reside? In the divine soul, in the animal soul, or in the body. The divine presence gets drawn down upon a person when he fulfills a commandment, when he fulfills God's will. So it really depends on which parts of the person were activated when he observed that commandment. If the mitzvah involved just the divine soul, then the godliness rests there. Learning Torah, for example, involves the divine soul along with two of its tools or garments, thought, and speech, and therefore God's presence will dwell on just on the spiritual aspects of the person. If you want to refine and elevate your body, you need to do a good deed utilizing your physical limbs. Such mitzvot employ not only the more spiritual aspects of yourself, but even the thing most disconnected from your soul, the seemingly lowest part of you, which is your actions. Tefillin, circumcision, or immersing in a mikvah are all examples of actions you can do to elevate either specific parts or even all of your body. What about the animal soul? Does God's presence rest upon it? The divine soul itself cannot convince the body to do any mitzvot. It has no common language with the body. The animal soul is what mobilizes the body into doing a mitzvah. By fulfilling a mitzvah, the animal soul transforms herself into an entity worthy of hosting God's presence. This is the awesome power of fulfilling commandments with your physical body. When you have to run and sweat and persevere in order to fulfill a mitzvah, it involves much more effort than utilizing your mind or your words to connect with God. And this is how you bring godliness to your body, even to your animal soul, and into all of this physical world. We can now answer the bothersome question we asked at the beginning of this chapter of Tanya. Why does God give us an animal soul that we won't ever be able to transform? Now we get it. The essence of the animal soul will never change. There will always be a struggle between its animalistic desires and the altruistic dreams of the divine soul. The attraction of the animal soul to physical pleasure will never suddenly switch into an attraction for holy pursuits. But when it comes down to action, where it really counts, the animal soul can always do what God wants, just like the tzaddik, the righteous person. When that happens, the animal soul is tied up and totally subservient to the divine soul, and so the divine presence can rest upon the person. Have a wonderful day.